Hello, everyone. So we are back today for another Career and Spirituality Conversation. Uh, so I'm Julie Pone, and I support spiritual seekers having a career experience. And I'm here today with Deva, Deva Naidu. How, how are you today? Julie, I'm fine. I'm so happy to be doing this. This is something, uh, it's a ref refreshing uh, part of the day. So thank you so much. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yes, I'm really looking forward to um, to dive in. But Deva, so you're like you're you're a talent explorer. That's the best way I thought of uh, describing uh, what you're doing. And there's a lot of things that I want to ask you about from uh, the um, the little um, introduction that you gave me. I'm curious also about your your life and what brings you joy. I know that you're swimming. I'm swimming too. You swimming, running, and and your family seems to be a very important part of uh, of what makes you happy. And uh, and I'm very curious about that novella that you're writing as well. Oh wow! Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also obviously like your um, your professional uh, endeavor, which is all about helping people, supporting people in growing their their potential, their leadership, their talent. So super interesting. Um, and before we start, do you mind if we're having a minute or two of grounding so that everyone, including ourselves, but everyone who's going to listen will kind of be nice and, uh, and relax before listening to us? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. awesome. So let's do this for the, for, for the people who are in capacity to do so. I suggest you close your eyes. If you're driving, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and take a couple of breaths. <sighs> and... Uh, Take a second to acknowledge the presence of the ground underneath your feet, the presence of the earth supporting all of us. And then bring your focus onto your chest. And in the middle of your chest, bring the focus on your heart area. And imagine as if your breath is flowing in and out directly through your heart. And now just breathe in and out a little bit deeper, a little bit slower than you usually do. Fantastic. Now, thank you. And when you're ready, open your eyes. And here we are, so ready to, to jump in. And that was nice. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, you're welcome. And so, Deva, I always start this interview with like two questions. I'm going to um, give them both to you. So, up to you if you want to weave them together or treat them separately. But my first question is, what's your definition or your relationship to spirituality? And the next one is having a little bit of understanding of your story, 
what brought you to what you're doing today and possibly yeah. how did spirituality influence that? Okay, um, great questions. Um, the first one in particular, you know, my relationship or our relationship, my family, uh, the way we were raised by my mother mm -hmm. um, and the community around us, you know, spirituality, it's not a concept. It's a living, breathing, experiential thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not religion. Okay, so um, by our definition. Okay, so in many parts of the world, spirituality is somehow entwined with religion and a state and dogma and control mechanisms, right? Spirituality, by my definition, by the way we were raised, is to have a direct connection to consciousness, right? Whether it's individual consciousness, whether it's um, communal consciousness, whether it's universal consciousness, and perhaps even in, a, in a, an eternal consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a direct connection with that. And you don't need anyone to give you permission to have that connection, right? Exactly. So that's my definition of spirituality. So it's a living, breathing thing, right? And if I could add to it, uh, and, and so it's it's a constant part of who I am. It's a very deeply immersed aspect of who I am, right? And to add to it, I feel that there is an energy that is pervasive, okay? And within that energy, there's a consciousness. So that consciousness within that energy remembers things, right? Is active and alive, and it sometimes dies as well. Right? So, and this is something that's evolving. My understanding of it is evolving. So I'm not suggesting that. Remember, it's a living, breathing thing. It's an experiential thing. It's not a conceptual thing. Uh, so my understanding of my relationship with spirituality and how I define spirituality is also changing and evolving. I'm getting new insights and stuff that used to work doesn't work. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I, to, to, to kind of define it a little bit clearer, I think we, the only permission you really need to give is, the only permission you really need to get is the one you give yourself uh, in relation to getting in, in touch with that inner conversation and understand that conversation is part of a larger conversation. That's a connection there. Um, so that's another way of how I define spirituality as well. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So what I hear from it is that what's, what's inside is the same as what's outside and there is yeah. a constant communication since it's, um, since it's one and the same. I agree. I mean, that's, that's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now, whether we listen to it as much as we used to as a race of people yeah. is the question. But I could use this as an example, and it's a very basic example, but a very powerful one and a very obvious one. But let, let's say if you go to a sporting match, right? You go to a sporting match, right? and mm -hmm. let's say it's France versus Australia, mm -hmm. uh, and you have other people there who support you. You know, they may not be from France, or may not support France, or may not support Australia, but you can really sense the French supporters and the Australian supporters. So here's another way of talking about how energy has something that's bigger than just you know, uh, physics, you know, so, and it, and maybe it's a great lens at looking at how energy and consciousness and how this inner conversation is part of a larger conversation. So, you know, you can talk about it from, from the way people support teams. You know, that's one way of looking at the beginning of that, 
to see that, oh, this is a living, breathing thing, right? This is not just, you know, space age, new age, voodoo conversation. It's a genuine, tangible thing because here's proof of it. Here's a, an, an example of it. Or you can talk about, you know, uh, the spirit of a, of a company or an organization. If they get that right, that's a living, breathing thing. And sometimes it's hard to define it and it's not a, it's not a mission statement or it's not, you know, it's not a strap line or logo or branding. Maybe it's some of that. So sometimes, you know, there's a living, breathing aspect to an organization, a place, uh, a group of people, or even an individual, right? Uh -huh. And the question is, to what degree are we listening to it nowadays? And do we need to listen to it more? Mm, yes, yes, do we need to listen to it more? Absolutely. It, yeah, like, I, it is one area that I don't think that less is more. <laughs> well, that's excellent, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, Deva, how how has it how has that influenced your your journey your journey to where you are today like you know and what are you doing now and like what what's okay. your trajectory your life trajectory okay so um spirituality has always been as i mentioned a constant right mm -hmm. but you know when i speak of the fact that we need to listen to it more possibly yeah. that doesn't mean i've always listened to my own inner dialogue right yeah. Uh, in the sense that I'm aware that my an as, that aspect of me saying, be this, do this, become that. Uh -huh. That's not suggesting that I always follow it because sometimes uh, there's limitations, there's fear, there's doubt. Sometimes the practicalities of life, uh, you know, you want to achieve certain things. Um, you end up having responsibilities and duties to provide, to be something, to, uh -huh. um, so you don't all, I haven't always had a chance to fully express and live that aspect of me, right? Yeah. Um, but I do know the ethical part, and we're going to talk, talk about Dharma later, so that ethical part um, of who I am and who I was raised to be and who I think I was innately born with has always been alive. So that part of me, I've always followed. Be a good person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whether... And there's another aspect of it where for not just be a good person, but be the person you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't always followed that because there's been fear. I mentioned doubt. And sometimes like, oh, geez, you know, I don't know if I can make a living from that. You know, maybe I need to do something else to make a living from it. Right? So uh, the, uh, the ethical... Was, the, go sorry ahead, to interrupt, uh, Please. Uh, you said like, no, you know, not always follow like who you are meant to be. The, how, how did you know? How do we know what we are meant to be, or what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Okay, I'm revealing a lot now, right? So, yeah. uh, I I remember as a young boy, at lots of moments of. Hmm, I have to be careful here because I, certain words are loaded with yeah. with um, meaning, and not all of it is correct always, right? Mm -hmm. But I will say this: there were moments when, as a young boy, I had moments whereupon I had kind of moments where my soul or my psyche exploded, uh -huh. right? Uh, whereupon I felt I expanded to the highest, the furthest realms of the universe. Uh -huh. For one split second, and you come back home. Wow, okay. You come back home for a while, everything looks different, right? And then 
maybe it always looks different from there, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, you can tell the difference as well, right? So, and I have, I had those major moments twice when I was a young child and I was living very close to nature. I, was, uh, in, I, I spent the first 10 years of my life, my family is of Indian heritage, but I first spent the first 10 years of my life in Malaysia, right? Mm -hmm. Near the jungles of Malaysia. Wow. Very old, powerful places, right? And we just, as children, we just used to run through it because it was a playground, right? But so it was, I think nature was part of that reason that these moments happened as well. Um, and maybe my lineage, my heritage as well. So those two moments really affected, there was another moment, which we, I don't think it's important to talk about now, but those two moments really affected how I saw myself, uh -huh. right? And what a person could be and what I'm supposed to be. And, but then at the same time, I'm a child, right? So a child would like to, not just children, adults as well, like to define things. And so I was like, oh, geez, you know, I think that there's three things I really have to do as a person. So as a young boy, I go, these are the three things I have to be as a person, right? Uh, and it's kind of cute, all right? Because now you look back at yourself as a child, and go, that's very cute, right? So, um, or you look at a child now, you look at children now, it's what they're gorgeous, right? So the first thing is like, okay, I have to achieve enlightenment. Uh -huh. So this is like a five-year-old boy saying to himself, I've achieved enlightenment. Wow. No pressure, yes. right? <laughs> no pressure. I'm not saying I've achieved it, right? And then the second thing is, uh, you know, I have to, this is, uh, this is bringing back lots of, lots of great memories. One, I have to achieve enlightenment. Two, uh, I, I have to entertain people. Oh. Entertain, yeah. right? And the third is, and if they don't need entertainment, then I have to protect them. So I personally have to achieve enlightenment. Two, I have to entertain people. And three, if they don't need entertainment, then I have to protect them. So I'm not suggesting, so those are very high things as you say, you know, to, to aspire to. So I'm not suggesting I've always lived to those three yeah. mandates. Okay. That's what I meant. Okay, well, I'm glad I asked. I, I'm glad you, you reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh my God, from the, uh, having such a strong experience so young and having such mm -hmm. a clear, I mean, like it's precious, like we, we don't all have such clear, you basically had some sort of out of body or, or yeah, it, changing plane or. I don't know how to define it. I really don't know how to define it. I think the closest I've ever heard it defined is through some of the Indian Hindu philosophers and spiritualists will talk about how everything just disappears okay, or, or shatters and then it, it comes back again right and then the Zen Buddhist you know the Japanese form of Buddhism will talk about how that you know that's their version of how that happens as well but what happened to me is it, it didn't feel like an out-of-body experience uh and look you gotta understand like I was uh, family were visiting us, like my auntie and uncles and, and my cousins were visiting us. So whenever that happened, uh, my two brothers and myself, there were three of us, and my two cousins, two male cousins, we were all, uh, this is in Malaysia, we were all asked to, you know, we didn't get beds, the boys didn't get beds, right? The adults and the, and the girls got beds. So we were just like thrown on, on we had, like we, they, they threw mattresses on the floor, but this is a beautiful house and everything, don't misunderstand. And we're just lying on the floor, right? Because okay. it's so warm anyway, it's just, mm -hmm. um, 
So it wasn't like I was sitting under a tree or I was hiking. Because remember, I'm five years old, so I was hiking. The first time it happened, I was hiking this wonderful mountain. It wasn't any of those kind of Hollywood moments or maybe Bollywood moments, right? It was like I was I was lying next to my cousins and my brothers. Yeah. It was starting to get warm. Everyone was like foot on my face, you know, like like there was a there was like, you know, you know, like we were all over each other, young boys, we, we stunk a little bit. So it was like a real living, breathing thing, right? And I would just woke up and I could feel the heat rising. I could hear the birds in the distance and the light coming through uh the uh kind of like the blinds we would have gates and, uh -huh. that, and lock the gates but keep the doors open to let air come in because it was so hot and it was coming through and then suddenly you know I was looking at a a, a, a piece of a dust floating just look at the, a dust floating in the light yeah and then suddenly the dust stopped moving right I went that's not normal <laughs> and then then I exploded right so it felt that I was at the most extreme uh, distances of the universe by my definition of a five-year-old boy's mind. Yeah. Uh, and I went, like, then wherever I went, it felt like in the universe. And I, then a part of me just went, oh, God, that's not normal, is it? And when that happened, I came back. And when I came back, everything just vibrated. And then after that, oh. uh, life was normal again. A and... The strange thing is I didn't tell anyone that till about three years ago. Oh, no way. I didn't tell my mother, my father, my brothers, my sister, yeah. my cousins. I didn't tell anyone that till about three years. Actually, no, during COVID, I started thinking about it again. I wrote something about it uh -huh. and I told my wife about it. But prior to that, I, I kind of just kept it to myself. And now I'm sharing it with the world. So it feels a bit, I feel a bit vulnerable sharing it with people, yeah. you know, so I'm just, you know sharing that with you as well um so so i really don't know that's what happens i don't know how to define it uh, otherwise by by simply by saying that okay. so and then at the end of it the takeaway was okay. then i walked around in my head and then okay, you're know, playing around and all the rest for the rest of the day because the day, day took over then so i think there's three things i need to be i need yeah. to achieve enlightenment yeah i need to um as I say, you know, entertain people because I used to be an entertainer. I used to love making people laugh, and I go and if and then if they don't entertain, I need to protect them. So that's what I mean. So I haven't always aspired for enlightenment. I haven't always entertained people, and I haven't always protected okay. people. That's what I mean. Okay, okay, okay. So on the scale of one to ten, how close are you to enlightenment? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> how would I know? Uh, uh, I think sometimes you know these these words yeah. have such huge weight to it yeah you know and, and like you know that the zen buddhists will talk about you know I'm, I'm paraphrasing i'm probably getting it wrong you know you know you know cutting wood carrying water then you have satori you have this moment of enlightenment then after that you have to still cut wood and carry water like life goes on yeah you know uh but there's certain belief systems or uh platforms that will afford a holy person or you know a nun or a monk to then say okay let's achieve enlightenment or after enlightenment let's be secluded and not be part of life right mm -hmm. I, I, i'm more interested in being part of life yeah uh, with, with others maybe one day when in, in in the future when i'm a much older man i can choose about living a more secluded life but at the moment it's being part of life so you know, I, I don't know how close am I uh, to achieving enlightenment. I don't know. I don't know how to measure that. Uh, 
but I, but I think what I'm more interested in now is the practice as opposed to the objective. So oh, the yes. practice of the breath and, yeah. and the meditation uh, and being connected uh, with that consciousness piece, which we spoke of at the start of our conversation. Uh, I wonder whether that, that's enough. And I wonder whether that could be a living, breathing version of enlightenment as opposed to you know, magnificent moments okay. that are non-ordinary. Maybe the ordinary life is also quite beautiful. Mm. Yes, I like what you're saying here. Because you, know, you say about, oh, maybe like the secluded part. In my understanding, it feels like the pe people who choose the secluding part, they choose to exclude themselves as in order to find enlightenment. And mm. said like, oh, maybe once I get it, once I reach that, maybe I'll choose to that path, or, but I'd rather stay into um into the practical life like my in my view of spirituality consciousness i don't see why as spiritual beings we would choose to have a human experience if it's to remove ourselves from mm. the experience and yeah i mean that i have to agree with you julie but i also see the value of those who have done that yeah. because many many canons of uh, you know, you know the spiritual and religious texts. Some of them are very valuable and precious. Some of them, you know, we don't agree with. Sometimes within the same book, there's stuff that we can use and stuff that we don't want to use. But many a time, they these people created these understanding because they were away, yeah, okay, from the masses. Yeah, and I think there's a days of sometimes when you isolate yourself, there's an opportunity to to have this conversation and be aware because uh, there's silence, right, mm -hmm. uh, or, or less noise anyway. Right. So yeah. I think there's a value in that. Not all people want that. Not all people need that. Uh, but I would also say, Milan, if you look at the evolution of Buddhism in India, for instance, you know, uh, initially it was a monastic piece where you go, okay, listen, uh -huh. we seclude ourselves from the rest of the, uh, uh, you know, in the Sangha, we, refuse, we you know, seclude ourselves from the rest of, of the community, and then we go up in arms and they give us food and, you know, whatever else they can. Um, and then they ask us for understanding, we teach them understanding. And then later on it evolved to going, no, 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 you know, you're more empowered, uh, 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 not just in seclusion, you can be a lay person and achieve enlightenment. You could be yeah. a lay person and, and be a teacher. You could be a, a wife and a husband and a son and a daughter, or whatever else, uh, 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 you know, definitions there, there is in community and still be a very uh, um, person who lives, uh, uh, Buddhism in a very ideal way. So, you know, things can evolve as well. But, um, and in Hinduism, uh, there's also, this is a later uh, incarnation of Hinduism, because Hinduism is a pantheon of different ways of thinking and believing. Not all of it is beliefs in, in, in a supreme entity. Sometimes they believe in any supreme entities. Sometimes they don't care whether God exists. Sometimes, they, whether they, sometimes it's a goddess. So it's a whole bunch of different versions. But, but one of the things about um, a later version of, uh, of Hinduism, so when I say later version, it's still like 4,000 years old, right? Uh, so it's, you know, uh, there's this, uh, and it's like four different tenets of life, right? So if you, if you believe in tenets, if you believe in frameworks, and some of us really respond well to it, and some of us don't, right? Um, and the tenets are, you know, um, I don't know what the, I forgot the sequence of it, but it's, um, 
you know, APA, A-R-T-H-A, which means creating uh, wealth. Okay. Right? Creating wealth, creating, um, you know, something for your family, for your community, for yourself. Um, so that's, it's not frowned upon, right? But he's not saying creating, creating wealth at the expense of other things. So okay. there's other stuff that's coming, right? Then you have uh, karma, but it's in K-A-M-A, not K-A-R-M-A. Okay. So karma is love, desire, pleasure, yeah. sensuality. So not taking away that beautiful aspect of the human being as well, right? Um, and then you have dharma, which uh, I think we should spend some time talking about at, at length as well. Uh, dharma is about, you know, that's a universal kind of law that governs and uplifts and holds things together. Uh-huh. And then this universal law that you're part of and how do you govern your life? Going back to the thing I talked about, I, am I being the person I'm meant to be and how do we really know what that looks like, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and am I getting it right? Am I getting it wrong? But definition and clarity of what I'm supposed to be. And then at the same time, what does the world need from me? What does my family need from me? Oh. You know, so Dharma is a really powerful thing. And then moksha, which is liberation, enlightenment. Oh, right? yeah. So you can go through all aspects of that. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to walk away and sit under, uh, under a tree and go, this is yeah. how I achieve enlightenment. You could turn around and say, well, first of all, let me provide. Yeah. In a righteous manner. Let me enjoy life. Yeah. And then maybe within all of that, I achieve liberation. Or maybe one day I'll go, hey, give me a few years just to do this by myself, right? Uh-huh. So, so who knows? So, I mean, going back to your question, how has it influenced my career? Spirituality has influenced my life and how I deal with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm obviously very flawed, so I make mistakes. Um, but I'm uncertain whether the value piece, the Dharma piece, the ethical piece, the righteousness piece, I think it's always been there. I've lived and breathed that. But of course, I'm flawed, as I say. Um, but I don't know whether it has f- it fully influenced my career choices. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, am I an entertainer? Going back to that yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So I used to be. I used to be an actor, oh. but I'm not anymore. Right? Uh, oh. Do I protect people? Yeah, the people in my life. But okay. uh, do I protect people? Do I need to protect more than that? Right? And what do you mean by protection? Right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's like the enlightenment piece. I walked away from my spiritual practice for many, many years. So I used to meditate every day for a long, long time. Then I kind of walked away from it Then I got back into it. So, I mean, there were times where I moved away from that. But then now I look at what I do and, and work-wise, you know, so I do love developing people. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's getting closer to that, that, that work uh, whereupon if you develop people, then they can protect themselves. You know, whatever oh, protection means. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a credentialed coach and I've, I've been in leadership development. I've led large teams, I've uh-huh. hired people, recruited people, trained people. I've unfortunately also had to retrench people and outplace people in tough times, economic times. Uh-huh. That wasn't, that wasn't easy. Um, so, you know, so, you know, I've, and as I say, you know, I've built companies, I've sold companies, I've been hired to build companies. So, so in, in, in a lot of the work I've done is in the world of consulting and, and corporate finance and mergers and acquisitions and investment banking, uh, you know, but I started out, you know, as an actor and a storyteller, then I've gone to sales and I was in retail. It's yeah. been a huge arc, right? So then I asked myself, okay, 
Inevitably, though, what are you doing? You know, what's the spirit of the thing? Uh-huh. And the spirit of the thing is very close to my value system. So there you go. So I, I, I'm getting back to that, right? And yeah. the spirit of the thing is that I love developing people. But then sometimes the marketplace, companies, organizations want something else from you. They go, Dev, I know you're great at developing people, but you're also great at building businesses. Uh-huh. So then I said, how can I marry both of them together, Julie? Yeah. So then I go, all right, so now I, uh, I want to build businesses that develop people. Oh, nice. Right? So my major concern at the moment and focus is uh, a comp- well, my company called Grow Plus, G-R-O-W Plus. Yeah. And basically, I'm, uh, I work with clients, uh, and I don't work at the multinational level. I work at the entrepreneurial level because that's, I know we've talked about this before. It's very close to both our hearts. Our hearts. Yeah. So, and then when you're dealing at the entrepreneurial level, really you go back to that people conversation. You're having conversations with people, their needs, their desires, their ambitions, their fears for their companies, for their families, for their staff, for their customers, for the community. If you get a, a small business, and different countries have different de- definitions of a small business. So some of them in America, that's like 10 million, 20 million, right? In, in yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? In France, it's different. In Ireland, it's different. Australia, it's different. UK is different. But if you get a small business functioning really well, then you're looking after families, you're looking after communities, because uh, small business is the lifeblood of every nation. It's not the multinational corporations, right? They have their place as well, not uh, denigrating multinational corporations. So I work with SMEs and entrepreneurs. That's where my passion is. So then you're back to people, right? the people conversation. Then you get technical. You look at the spreadsheets, the balance sheets, the marketplace, yeah. what's working, what may need to be improved. What's the strengths of the company? I'm very strengths focused. What's right for the person in the organization? What's right for the company? So then I'm going, all right, so I want to build companies that develop people. So training, education, coaching, Ah, recruitment. So that's getting it together again. And, and, you know, and some of the conversations we have are very strategic, you know, mergers and acquisitions, uh, direct listing on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange or other stock exchanges around the world. Um, But inevitably, you know, I'm talking to CEOs and their teams and the rest of the management teams, and I've been a board advisor a few times myself, but inevitably the level that I play with, which is where I want to play it, with, it's about the people first, then it's about yeah. the spreadsheets, right? So in that sense, I've come full circle and I've come back to what, what's really important to me. Yeah. Uh, and then also getting, you know, being very practical by going, yeah, these are my value systems, this is what I believe, and this is what excites me, developing yeah. people. But then I have a technical technical capacity to be very strategic and do you know like you know sophisticated stuff for yeah. companies that I really believe in uh-huh. don't know how to do sophisticated stuff yet because they don't have the time or the resources so why shouldn't I be that guy who comes in and helps them okay does that make sense yeah yeah so I have questions <laughs> okay sure so so is it that so companies want to develop and looking for support are reaching out to you and you're being selective and only working with, with companies that have a, that are about developing people either like in, like you said, recruitment or, or coaching. Training or education. Or education. Yeah, training, education, coaching. Um, that is my preference. Okay. But then at the same time, um, because I've got uh, uh, interest in renewable energy and 
better forms of engineering because it's about it's about sustainable choices and practice. I also do uh, work in that space as well. Um, okay. But but you know when it comes to hardware and technology and uh, you know uh, machinery mm-hmm. that space. But I'm also that work is also now being sh- shifted. Uh, so I'm also focusing on the people conversation. Okay. So what training and development does the renewable energy sector need? What okay. training and development does the uh, um, engineering sector need, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I recently did a presentation about the automotive sector. Um, the automotive sector has, especially with you know, electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles, there's a lot of great stuff that, that's coming with that. But uh-huh. also, let's, let's be frank, some of it's also like going, well, you know, where the battery's coming from, what are we mining to build this battery? So it's not perfect yet, but the automotive sector, I did a presentation about it as well. Uh, and, and then like, you know, that's changing because you used to be a mechanic, but now you're more a software programmer, right? Because because oh, yeah. modern cars are more a piece of computer than a piece of <laughs> engineering, right? It's a different form of engineering, I should say. Yeah. So, so I'm looking again at the people conversation when it comes to engineering and renewable energy as well. Um, but... So, so that's that's what I do. So, and I reach out to companies. Go, hey, listen, let's talk. They don't just come to me, you know. So I have to go out and talk to them as well. And then uh, it's it's a it's a it's a very just the conversation is very discovery based initially. Then I go, look, let me do a my version of a three sixty review. Okay. And at the end of it, you have something valuable that you can use, right? Mm-hmm. Or what your company uh, is the current status of your company, uh, and. Upon it, I walk away going, all right, here's something valuable that I've given them for free. Uh-huh. But I've also understood them better. And yeah. then I'll know, do you know what? I can actually help you. Okay. Oh, do you know what? I'm not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And they may turn around and say, Deva, we want you. But Deva, you know what? The timing isn't right, which is what I hear sometimes. Or, uh-huh. uh, and I've recently said no to a couple of people as well going, you need someone different for me. You need yeah. someone with a different skill set or different relationships or different networks for me. Um, but they've gone walk away going, do you know what? That was a good experience. We've got some knowledge about uh, our business, our enterprise, because of our conversation and the analysis Deva has done. Um, so I'm still paying it forward. Uh, and, and then sometimes we go, no, wait a minute, the timing is right. You are the guy that we want to work with. I go, yeah, I want to work with you guys. You guys are very, very exciting uh, to work with. Oh, it's challenging times. Let's see if we can help you. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a team of people are bringing, depending on what's required as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's exciting and, and, and fascinating work because, because I've gone back to what I really want to do. Mm. And also, what the, what the, by my humble opinion, what the world needs from me. Okay. Because what I understand is once the, the company wants to work with you, you're going to help them with growing the business, right? Yeah, but it starts with the people. Okay. It starts with the people, then it gets... Then you look at sales and marketing. Then you look at the finance. Then you look at the uh, the balance sheet, the profit and loss. Yeah. You look at the tax conversation. Then you look at, you know, is it time to expand? Is it time to stabilize? Is it time to get form new partnerships? Is it time to buy a company? Do you want to sell your company and retire? You know, do you want to sell your company and move on to something else? Do you want to uh, go public, as they say, you know, invest, uh, sorry, uh, listen in, in or go IPO. So we can have these types of conversations as well. So, you know, but initially it starts with the 
true desires and ambitions uh, of the persons or the groups of people, right? Uh, if we don't get that bit right, things uh -huh. fall apart later. Okay, okay. And so it's, so from what you're saying, I can see how you feel that, you, that you're, you're contributing to the world in a way that's aligned with what you think you were meant to provide. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I think it's, I'm getting there. So yeah. in, in a sense that uh, I have to work with great people though, right? Yeah. So I have to work with great companies. Uh -huh. um, you know, and what does great mean? You know, we go back to, uh, we all have a different definition of it, but I have, I have a very clear mind of what it is. And then when they go through the 360 review with me, they have a very clear mind of who I am and my capacity. And when I, whatever team I bring forward with me, they have a very clear mind of what we can do together with them, right? Um, so, but yeah, it goes back to, you know, uh, the, I think the enlightenment piece, that's my work with me, you know, so I'm doing that. Uh, and, and, you know, the entertainment piece goes back to the novella. Maybe we can talk about the novella yes. too. We have time to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the, um, that's a much smaller part of my, my work. But, but then, of course, then if you look at the protection piece, you know, am I helping companies prosper? Companies that do great things in the, in, in, for communities and in the, in the world. So in a sense that I'm helping, humbly I'm saying this, right? Please understand, Julie, right? I'm saying this very, with really yeah. huge degree of humility, that I'm helping them prosper and survive and thrive. So in a sense, that's protection, right? Because you're protecting your staff, you're protecting yeah. your customers, your clients, your company. Um, so in a sense, that's that. Uh, and because it's so close to my value systems and my dharma, then I'm, I have more resilience and strength and stamina to persevere, you know, on their behalf as well as my own. Yeah, because yeah. I see your, like, you know, your entertainment and protection and, you know, like it brings you like this people skills, you know, like that love of people. And but yes. then at some stage you develop technical skills and people yeah. tell you you're very good with all yeah. of this and business and stuff and like you're merging the two together you're like what your your natural soul i don't know like a um, soul talent for people interaction with the technical stuff that you've acquired through your life through your career journey correct and merging the two Co correct yeah. and, and especially since i'm working with companies that uh at the core of what they do, the bulk of the companies I'm working with, the core of what they do is about people. So, yeah. so I mean, like, you know, like if you talk about a training company, mm -hmm. I used to be a trainer. So I know how to write training manuals. Mm -hmm. I know how to design training needs analysis. I know how to go out and train people and measure the results. Then also I've built training companies, I've sold training companies. Uh -huh. I've, so you see that whole yes. narrative is there, right? So, you know, if I'm talking to a, a potential company, a training company uh, as, as a client and many training companies, the, the founders were trainers themselves, I understand exactly what they feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and sometimes, of course, they don't come from training. They, you know, depending on the size of the company, yeah. they may be hired from a, a different um, sector, whatever is the case. But that's fine because inevitably, you know, I understand the minutia of all of what it means, right? Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, I... You know, there's a deep understanding and then there's a deep skill set. So I think my natural strength is developing people, but the uh -huh. learned strength and the quiet strength is building businesses. Uh 
oh, using yeah. a wide array of skills. Yeah. 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 So the core thing is developing people. It's just that you've upscaled that to be able to do it on the grander scale by helping the companies that develop people. That's right. Yes, I like that. So that was a choice. That was a choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Choice, yeah. So you mentioned, like, you know, we could talk a little bit about the the novella and 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 yeah, we said we're gonna talk more. Will you explain to us more about like Dharma? Mm. You know, you mentioned it with the four traits and well, the four tenets, right? Is yeah. uh, is my language. Four tenets, the yeah. four traits is also actually very relevant. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think frameworks work for certain people and, and and as coach as you know because both of us are coaches sometimes you know on the questions we ask the person i'll even ask it to organization are you organic or are you very structured uh -huh. are you go with the flow or do you need regimen and, and structure right and i think depending on people's stage of their life or depending who they are some people need frameworks and tenets some people don't right like i think meditation is a superpower but i know a lot of people just don't want to meditate what I think is a superpower. Uh -huh. A lot of people don't want to meditate, right? Yeah. So I think out of those four tenets, and there's other tenets in the Indian philosophy and Indian religion and spirituality and science as well, right? Uh, Dharma, I think, is very, very interesting because I think it's very interesting because, you know, the other tenets we talked about, you know, which is Arthur creating wealth, creating uh, opportunities, yeah. not just for yourself, for the community, right? Uh, and, and then I love the fact that, you know, in, in the tenets of saying karma, you, you, you're allowed to fall in love. You're allowed to feel sensual pleasures. You're allowed to eat good food. You're allowed to make love. You're allowed to, to, to have a drink once in a while. You know, you, you're allowed to have relationships, you know. So, uh, so that's very human. You know, it's very human, right? And then you also allow to one day go, do you know what? I'm going to try and aspire to have, to achieve liberation, enlightenment. But the thing that binds it all, right? I think the ties it all yeah. is Dharma. So again, if you were to Google Dharma, right? And that's even a thing called Dharma Shastra, which is a book about Dharma written in India. Um, even if you just Google Dharma, it's, if you were just to study that, it'll take the whole of your life, right? Because wow. there's so many elements to it. And then different philosophers and religious people and spiritual people came along and improved or enhanced or refined what was written by others before them. But well, let me ask you a question. Do you think there is something that's keeping everything together? Yes. Yeah, I, I believe I see it from the, um, the physics point of view, the ether. You know, I see that this, we are made of this substance, like call it energy, that is pervades everything connects right. everything and we are individuations the, the tiniest particles of ourselves are tiny individuations of that and then these individuations come together and they form cells they form the body but they also form our soul and so we, we get consciousness out of that as well this is my my understanding so yeah this is what i i believe that this binds us this keeps everything together yeah so that's why I talk a lot about Indian science, because sometimes the highest version of spirituality needs the highest version of science, like the kind of, right? Yeah. And just as an aside, just for one brief moment, um, what I'm really concerned about at the moment is 
um, a lot of technologists nowadays, a lot of people in the tech sector, right, and technologists and scientists and engineers are saying to us now, well, it's not, I won't say engineers necessarily, but a lot of scientists and people, technologists would come and say, this is correct. Uh -huh. This is exactly correct. We are correct. You are not right. Uh -huh. Okay. And, and because technology scientists, technologists and scientists now more than ever have a lot of power in the world, thankfully in many ways, and sometimes are going maybe too much power because there's no absolute thing, a certainty, right? By my definition, there's no absolute correct. You know, people will say the law of physics exists. I go, yeah, until it doesn't exist. But the moment I agree with the law of physics as well, right? The first principles method of law of physics is something I use day in and day out. What do I know, right? Yeah. How can I build from the, the first principles, right? So I think you know, physics is a fantastic way of really looking at life because I think it's so, there's an element of spirituality in physics and, and quantum physics nowadays is so very close to Indian, uh, not just Indian, right? But I'm saying uh, Indian um, spirituality and Indian science and Indian philosophy as well. But let me just say this. I'm really worried about how technologists, a lot of scientists are saying we are correct and you are wrong. Because yeah. that sounds very much like the clergy used to say, say, they used to say the same thing to us. No, we have the power, we have the knowledge, you don't. Yeah. And I'm just saying, well, let me think for myself as well. And maybe there's a balanced approach. Some of it is this, some of it is that, and some of it we need to still experiment and find a new thesis. Then there's going to be an emphasis and the thesis, then a new synthesis, a new version of the knowledge and understanding. So I had to share that you know, because I'm a bit worried about how everyone's going, yeah, we know what's right. Yeah, well, science by definition is- Evolving. Uh, sorry? Evolving. Yeah, and science, but exactly. And yeah. Science by definition is also the ability. A theory must be, ability, must be able to be disproven as yeah. well as proven. That's, that's what thesis is, right? Yeah. And that's what, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why I believe like that's, the fact that we are human with this ego is spoiling that a bit because once we have one theory, we want to hold on to it as this one being true. But I totally agree with you. That's something that's dear to my heart is that how um, academia or, you know, can hold on to status quo in, in relation to certain, to a certain stage at which it's been decided that like physics is, like, is right about this and this is the right theories, etc. But the truth is, it, it, with the measurements that we, that the level of our technical capability to, capabilities to measure, things have been measured in the past and theories have been based on supposed proof that certain things like ether didn't exist that led for instance physics into weird avenues when it was like i see it from yeah really that that thing that connects us all the what they call the ether it's been described in so many um uh, traditions it's been talked about, and then suddenly they have this experiment that doesn't seem to prove that ether exists, and that's it. We are ditching it and basing a whole lot of other theories until eventually it's being brought back because technology has advanced, and so like they are like errors. And yeah, and I, I remember speaking to um, to a professor in the University of Oxford. Right, yeah. I won't mention her name. She won't want me to. 
and we're talking about research. You know? And she, and she said, Dave, I, you know, because I regard it, because you know, you know, back to the training and education, I think it's a powerful way to change a person's life, right? Because like my father was an educator and he wrote books about education, and I've got his handwritten notes. And the first one of the first things he wrote about was, you know, education can provide quality and self-determination yeah. and sense of pride, right? And in the Indian uh, uh, culture, sometimes the teacher is more important than God. Wow. Right? Right. So I was talking to this professor and I'm like, you know, so, so I hold academia very, very highly, you know, not just, but and she's like, Dave, sometimes the research we do is not the research we want to do. The research we do is the research we're going to get paid to do because I make a living from this. Yeah. And then at the same time, there's a whole bunch of people around me saying, no, no, no. I wrote this thesis and I made a living from this. And if you're going to start to question it, what happens to my career? So the, rea rea the reality of it is that cynicism in all domains and in all yeah. industries, including the world of academia, including uh, uh, what uh, researchers and uh, uh, professors have to do or pretend they have to become uh, or have to protect their interests, right? So, um, so it, which is a shame because a lot of opportunity for us to learn new things are being uh, undermined because you know ac academia and, and education is an industry; it's a business, yeah. and yeah. you have to protect your your, your place sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, you do believe something is holding things up? Yeah, right? yeah. And, and interestingly and, enough, I developed my beliefs my beliefs from like a scientist who developed all of his theories. Who's this? Nassim Haramin. How do I spell this person's name? Yeah, so Nassim, N-A-S-S-I-M. Yes. And Haramin, H-A-R-A-M-E-I-N. And yeah. I send a link for everyone who listens. Like you, he was very, oh, actually, you're going to like that. Like you, he, as a child, he had experiences that had him experience consciousness in an expanded way. And right. That made him understand certain things about the natural nature of the universe, and and uh, and he was always very connected to nature and sports, and always in connection to nature, and developed all of his theories outside of an academic framework. Right, made him being seen as an outsider, like you know, and makes things difficult to being accepted. But is absolutely fantastic, and everything—the way that he explains how, like, the science of spirituality, basically. The science—that's uh, lovely, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. And it makes so much sense. It's so elegant and and easy to understand. I mean, I'm no—I am no scientist or physicist, but I understand it, and it makes sense. It's based on. It accepts this foundation that there is a substance of some sort that creates everything that mm. we are from and mm. that's him who explains that at some stage in the history of physics uh, through measurements that were maybe not uh, accurate enough they disproved the existence of this ether and now more recently it's been accepted again and 
he took a Nobel Prize of Physics to talk about it publicly, saying that we are children of the ether, like fish are children of water. Well, uh, I definitely will. I will definitely um, investigate Nassim. Definitely, I will do that. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I think I may have digressed a little bit talking about the book, right? So, the, the novella uh, and Dharma. Um, Maybe we're not in digression. We were, we're having a, a living, breathing conversation is what we're doing. I beg your pardon, I'm sorry. So the novella is very simple uh, in, in the sense that it is about a person that has a framework about how to live his life. And okay. within his experiences, he realizes that it's not about a framework. It's, it's about not a concept again, this is how we started our conversation today, right? Not a concept, it's experiential. You know, what are you sensing? You know, what does that person need from you? How can you give it? Do you need to give it? You know, what, what's the environment? What are the, uh, the environment, uh, the signals giving it to you, given to you, right? So instead of having a conceptual notion of what a good life is, what is a good life from a living, breathing perspective? Um, so the novella is about the person going, here's my framework, this is what I want to achieve, and then things happen, and he goes, oh, it's actually about something else, right? Wow. Uh, and the, so, you know, in Indian literature, there's the word sutra, you would have heard of sutra, Kama sutra, uh, so, so sutra basically means a, a bunch of words, a bunch of tenets, a bunch, a bunch of couplets, a bunch of a, a treaty, a treat, the treaties, uh, uh, you know, writing about something, but how to do something, right? Huh. It's one way of defining it. But in reality, sutra means uh, thread. Okay. Union, bind. What binds something, right? Mm -hmm. So what connects and, you know, what threads through everything, right? Okay. And so the book is about that. The book is about, oh, I thought it was about a book, but it's not actually about a book. The book is about this person going, oh, yeah, it's about knowledge. It's about frameworks. It's about a sutra. But no, yeah. it's actually not about words. It's about something else. Yeah. You know, um, and inevitably, it's about connection. Yeah. It is about the greater, greater good. So it's called Freestyle Sutra. That's the working title at the moment that may change. And fundamentally, it's about a person who's got ambitions, uh -huh. who's, got, who's trying to achieve things on behalf of his family's name as well as his own name. Uh, it's kind of autobiography. Sorry, elements of it comes from my early life when we talk about nature, my relationship uh -huh. with it, um, or what I experience in nature, I should say. So uh, the nature, the jungles of Malaysia I'm talking about in particular. Um, yeah. So, you know, like when I go hiking here in, in Ireland, um, what I sense from the plant life and animal life in Ireland is very different from what I sense when you go through, like they live in breathing things, right? You go, yeah. to, you go to Paris, it's different from Lyon, yeah. it's different from Marseille, it's different from Dublin, it's different from New York, right? Yeah. Like, it's different. It's still people, but it's different. So why would nature be different? Right? So you, you go through the Amazon, it's going to hit you in the face a different way yeah. than maybe hiking, you know what I mean? Hiking in Wicklow yeah. in Ireland, it's different yeah. from, you know, walking through the Amazon or going through the jungles of Asia or Malaysia. So, um, so the book is about nature. It's about ambition. It's about frameworks. It's about creating a name for yourself. But then it's also about recognizing maybe it's a greater thing than just me. 
is it you know is life greater than just me uh and and why is it greater than just me is it my reputation that matters or is it the welfare of others that matters mm -hmm. and going back to the ego thing and if that's the case if the others matter more than me or equally matter more than me then how do okay. i serve oh, or who matters more than me sorry the others other people okay. yeah mm -hmm. the community right yeah uh if they matter more than me or equally if of equal importance to me then how do i serve their needs yes right now It's, it's not finished yet. The novella is not finished yet. But at the moment, that's what it is. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I the way I write it, I write it very. I'm writing it very much as a poet, as opposed to just a novelist. Um, so I'm playing around with form as well because I think um, I, I want someone to pick up the book and go, "Oh, I'll read it in a day." Uh -huh. Or if I pick up the book, I can read three pages and go, "Yeah." I'm happy with that for today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So create create something, hopefully that's beautiful mm -hmm. that people can use. Yeah. So it would it's both a story, but like a life manual in a sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it is. Can refer to it like you know, open a page at random and and get inspired, or chapter at random and get inspired by. Yes. The, the teaching of that particular chapter. Moment, yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Now the thing is, that's a huge aspiration, right? Yeah. That's that's a huge objective, yeah. uh, and let's see if I succeed, right? But um, but but that's the objective, and, and you know, part of it is my understanding, but but also the character has its has its own wisdom as well, and that's a, that's the beauty of writing about. So it can't just be about my understanding because I don't know enough yet. Yeah. Maybe I know enough. Maybe I don't, don't know enough. Maybe I know too much. So uh, it's about curating sometimes, right? But but it's also the character and the community and the environment that he's part of. Um, there's wisdom there. So you learn from writing as well. You go, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. The character has a perspective that's important, uh, that not just my perspective. So the character has its as, mm -hmm. as, as an opinion as well. You know? Okay, so the character Thankfully. is not just is it, not just you. It's a character, and like it's so it, there is uh, inspiration from your life, but not only. So I, I'm right. guessing things happen to that that character that are fictional, but serve a purpose of teaching something. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Oh, interesting. So is there a timeline? <laughs> yeah, I was going to finish it a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I would like to think first draft will be finished by the end of this year. Okay. First draft. Awesome. Uh, wow. That's that's what I would like to think. But I dare say I probably only need a second draft after that. Um, then we can then we can go live with it. You know? Okay. Yeah. That's uh, people who write. I have so much admiration for people who write. Oh really? Oh my God! Yes. Like you know, the putting ideas and concepts into words. I'm finding it difficult. Like chat. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so, interesting because you 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 have such a natural approach uh, when you converse with people, yeah. when you the man in which you listen, the questions you ask. Uh, this is very sophisticated. You know apparatus that you have, like you you're very sophisticated in how you deal and, and treat people, right? 
That's a compliment, by the way, Julie, right? Thank so thank you. I don't know if you're comfortable receiving compliment, but it's a compliment. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so you're good in words in a different way, but maybe not in the written yeah. form. But see here we have two, like you know, we have an interaction, but put me in front of a page, you know, and how to put words. I'm like, oh my god, like see, my soul likes people by myself face with the words doesn't work so much well or maybe yeah maybe i shouldn't say that but uh, well i mean put it this way if, I, if, if video is your sorry yeah. I, I i interrupt there so I no no like i admire people who are, have that uh discipline and uh an application to write long well, here, well here's the thing a novella is a shorter version of a novel so i'm obviously saying to myself Okay, I have limitations as well, right? Technical and otherwise, but well, but here's the thing: you are. This is why it's great that you're doing the videos because uh -huh. this is how your words are written. Yeah. Through yeah. through video, yeah. right? And and nowadays you're going to keep it forever, and whomever you want to share it with, family, friends, the world at large, your clients, you can share it with, and you can keep it forever. So I mean, you know, like a great songwriter. Uh, writes words sometimes, but writes music sometimes, but it's, you know, so it's focus on your strengths is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Let's not pretend that uh, uh, we need to be everything, you know, and, but you know that please, I'm not giving you advice, but focus on your strengths. And it goes back to the Dharma piece, you know, so, you know, Dharma is like this universal law that holds everything together, that governs everything. Uh, that's a concept. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's, a, you know, ether is part of it. Maybe energy is part of it. Consciousness is part of it. Physics is part of it. But but then at the same time, it's, it's also an individual law. You know? So I've always said, if a person really is living true to who they are, uh -huh. and then ideally true to what, they, what they're supposed to do in the world, yeah. then making decisions is easy. Having the stamina to do things is easy. Like you and I coaches, like sometimes I've coached people and I've gone, the reason why they have so much stress is they feel they need to compromise their value systems oh. to succeed in an, in, in an organization. Yeah. And then others have gone, well, their value systems are different. So, you know, who are we to say what a person is, right? So, you know, sometimes they go, yeah, I don't mind doing this, but for another person, they can't do it. So yeah. sometimes a lot of stress in modern life stems from the fact that people are pretending to be someone else, living someone else's blueprint, yeah. or the organization is forcing them to do that. Yeah. Right? And so stress comes from not how hard the work is. Stress comes from the fact that ethics or the value systems have been compromised. So yeah. who you are as a person is your also your dharma, right? And the work that you're doing in the world is also your dharma. And that's really hard to do combine both of that and sometimes you go well i can't be who i want to be and still support my family let's be practical about it the world is a tough place right i can live up to my ideals and my value systems and i sometimes have to compromise it because if i don't i'll get fired or i'll lose my clients and i can't look after my staff yeah. and i can't look after my family if i'm a single person i can't look after myself but my staff get fired and we lose the contract and i have to shut down my company it's a tricky place. So Dharma helps with decision-making, but we have to understand, well, we're not secluded always, right? 
we're not living by ourselves. We're not an island of just one person. We are part of a larger community, some of us. So how do we, how do we live closer to that? Because that's where the true power comes from. Uh, and sometimes the world won't let us do it, but how can we navigate so the world, so you create a space for yourself so you can do that more often and less. Mm. That's big work. That's hard work. Yeah. What do you think? I think that we came here to have a go at it. That's a perfect way of describing it, Julie. I love yeah. that. To have a go at it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we're going to nail it this time or not and come back for another another, another try at it. Another right? try, you know, and hopefully yeah. we, are, we remember quicker the mistakes from the previous one. Yeah. Do you believe in reincarnation? I, I believe in something like reincarnation. I don't know if, okay. it, if it's that linear or if it's that... Uh, is everything being, is, are all the different realities happening somehow simultaneously? Wow, and, right, right, right. Yeah, and my conscience is on one track, but like maybe I could, my conscience could shift into a different track and feel like it's a different experience or a different life. I don't, I don't, the truth is, I don't know. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, I'm friendly to this concept, let's say. That's a nice way of looking at yeah. it. You, yeah. you know, um, you know, reincarnation is a huge part of Hinduism. Rebirth of mind is part of Buddhism. Um, and my family have belief systems about reincarnation. We believe it, it exists. Yeah. And we believe that we've been reborn to in each other's lives again and again and again. Uh -huh. um, and in the past, I believe perhaps more than I do now. Now I'm, I'm, I'm open to the idea I'm uncertain whether it's true or not but then if you go back to 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 the cellular level in the human cell and as you say maybe multiple realities happening at once which is part of quantum you know science again physics and all the rest um but on a cellular level the human DNA the gene can contain a lot of memory yeah right and we we, we still don't know enough about what you know genomes do and and, and all of that so is it sometimes you go oh I, I believe I've been here before, or maybe one of your ancestors has been here before and you're touching in, in touching with that, right? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, but but then I, I, I really don't know. You know, I think uh, it's nice to consider it, but there's a lot of great work to be done regardless of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm working with concept of karma you know like with the, the yeah. energy work that i'm doing with like looking at karmic blocks and at the end of the day it seems to be working in the sense that it makes sense that to hear of maybe life experiences that we may have in a different life that are somehow is still impacting us today but does it matter that if it was really a past life or if it was or if it's an experience from a different plane or a different reality of an experience that our ancestor had, if it helps us to understand ourselves better now and make better decisions and change the course of our life now. I don't think it's just a way to describe, you know, a framework, but as long as it helps us to be practical and get a better life now, I think 
it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. So how do you use it? You know, how do you use this understanding or this curiosity? That's excellent because, um, you know, again, you know, something beautiful you can use or something uh, uh, knowledgeable that you can use as well. And, and things sometimes, to know things sometimes for the pleasure of knowing is enough. It doesn't always have to be applied. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, um, if, if we were to go back far enough with your genetic, your, your, who you're, you know, your, uh, who you're descended from, you know, how far back does your family and your bloodline go? Who knows where it, yeah. it will lead you, right? You know, uh, and maybe you have a you're having a conversation with these past, uh, these ancestors of yours, who knows, or maybe a different plane as well. So that's really interesting as well as a concept, uh, because again, like how much do we know as, as an individual and, as, and, and, and humanity as well? And the thing is, I've worked with people in the public sector, work with people in the private sector, so, you know, government and enterprise and the arts as well, and a voluntary sector. And, and I've worked with, you know, people, uh, you know, trained and studied and been with people from the military. So a wide range of people. I'm, I'm, I just love people like you, right? So I'm yeah. curious about people. Yeah. And it's a shame that we're not afforded these types of conversations more often. Because, you know, there is an inner conversation, inner dialogue, uh, but the world forces us to be very, very practical on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm okay with that too, right? But at the same time, you know, so much of an aspect of who we are is not allowed to be considered, you know, because we're not given the time to have this type of conversation. This is a precious time for me. This is talking to you is a, like a real gift for me, right? Because I don't have enough time to talk about this stuff with others. I do, but I don't have enough time to talk with others, right? And, and I wonder how many people that I know in my life or my clients, etc. because I don't have these conversations with my clients, obviously, right? I have conversations with people who aren't my clients. So put it this way, I talk to people in finance and all the rest about these conversations, but leaning against a bar, right? Or, or oh, yeah. do, you, do you know what I mean? So they go, geez, talk to me about meditation. And look, it could be a hedge fund guy or private equity, uh, a woman in private private equity, whatever's the case. So I'm teaching about meditation, being against the bar. But, but they wouldn't want the same conversation with me if they were my client. Mm -hmm. but, but they are, so they have this inner life that we don't know what it is. Yeah. They have curiosities and passions that we may not know about because the job title, they have to be something and we wouldn't expect it of them. So I'm leaning against a bar, drinking pints of Guinness, teaching people how to meditate. But if they were my client, they wouldn't want that for me. They yeah. wouldn't want something different for me. Uh, and that's the nature of the world. And I'm okay with that. Uh, but I wonder how much of, uh, if the energy of the thing is being misplaced in an organization, that's a lack of potential being maximized. Right? Yeah, do you know what? I, I understand, I agree with what, well, I hear you that some people, yes, that is their interest. It's they're on two tracks, the professional and the personal, and then have the interest in the personal. Yeah. But what if, and I believe that we are getting there, what if maybe our mission is to bring to bring this into to make it more acceptable, more understandable, and bridge it into the professional as well so that there is less of a dichotomy between the two you know and that people like you have that understanding like slowly ab able to bring it into the world of corporations and businesses 
I, I think a lot of new leaders, and there could be older people who have found a new version of leadership. And then of course, a lot of startups and scale-ups and a lot of new companies are being formed in very, sometimes in very traditional industries or new industries are being formed with this idea now, right? I think there's a huge shift. There's, 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 a, there's been a huge shift. I think it's a long way to go, but there's a, there's a huge shift the way women are treated, the way uh, g- uh, gender is treated, the way culture is treated. Um, talk about, you know, diversity and inclusion or just inclusion is probably a better word. Uh, you, you know, about creating a business model that serves, right? Uh, you know, being a, becoming a B Corp. You know, th- there's a lot of great things already happening. Um, and I think a lot, the, the consumers of, of the future and consumers today in many parts of the world, or in all parts of the world, are saying, well, what, what are your value systems? What are your ideals? How do you treat communities? We'll buy your stuff because you stand up for this. Now, there's a lot of research about this, so we know that it's happening, right? Um, so I think there's a tremendous opportunity for us to do that. But the question is, is you know, I have clients who are SMEs, right, small and medium enterprises, and you would think, you know, the diversity inclusion conversations for large multinational corporations. Look at Ireland, for instance. You know, if you look at a small company, there's probably a person of French background, or perhaps someone of uh, uh, you know Polish background, or Nigerian background, or Brazilian background, or Indian background, and then it's, you know, obviously. So the new Irish, right? So the new nationals, and then you have people, you know, from Ireland and different parts of Ireland as well. So there's complexity around that. So you look at a small, medium enterprise, it's almost like a microcosm of the world now. It's happening more and more in Ireland, right? Um, in other parts of the world, it's been happening for longer. So, and I think there's tremendous opportunity in treating your staff right. And if you, get, you treat them right, they run your business for you and they treat your customers right and your clients right. Um, and, and there's a tremendous opportunity to say, well, my, my company can do more in the community, but at the same time, you know, I have to be stable and secure and strong enough so we can do more in the community and I have to look after my people. Because I say to people, to build something great, it's two things, right? I think to build a great organization, whatever it is, is the spirit of the thing, the energy of the thing. If you form, it used to be I have a strategy, right? But now I go, if you form a team, because the world changes so quickly nowadays, and guess what, that's not gonna change, right? The world's going to constantly evolve very quickly. So, you know, there used to be a time you write a strategy framework and you take five years to execute on it. Nowadays, you're going, that's too long. Things are changing a day to day, month to month, right? Stable economies aren't stable. Stable governments aren't stable anymore, right? The politics of the world. So if you've got a great team and they're making decisions well and they're working in conjunction with each other, that I think is your strategic intent, your strategic framework, right? So great things can be done because your team is working well with each other. You may need a distributed leadership method to achieve it, or you may need someone who's going, I'm CEO, I'm boss, I'm MD, whatever's the job title. Right? It depends on the organization. So it's the spirit of the thing. And the second thing is process. The boring stuff for some of us, or the exciting stuff, depending where you are. The process, the process, the process. Uh, look, upon me saying all of that, I want to ask you a question. Because you deal with people from a wide range of, of, of uh, society as well, right? And I think the work that you're doing as a coach is very, very interesting. And it's very courageous as well for you to do it. Be- because I think the timing is perfect as well. So, so that's great for you, you know? I think it's very courageous regardless. So I'm just complimenting you as well. With the people that you work with, they come to you because they are trying to entwine their personal and professional 
together? Is that what they come? They're coming to me because there is a, a discomfort. Oh. There is a, um, a realization that is it, is it just what it's going to be? The way I see it is like nearly like when like the being on that spiritual journey and doing the the human stuff, you know, what's uh, growing through society and doing, you know, and studies and finding a good job, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and things go well. And at some stage, you know, that little voice inside is like, ah, uh, is that it? You know, and there are usually people at that stage that are not not necessarily so unhappy with the you know the job is comfortable, but but and they don't necessarily know what they want instead. But like there is like an insatisfaction or unfulfillment, and it's not there's no spark with the work. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and so that's wanting to reconnect and and find uh, find. Yeah, find themselves. And usually what my take is that it's not necessarily the what they're doing, but how if the what allows to express their true self, their true um, divine, like, is it a good terrain for the divine self-expression? And because that happened to me, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know I had this strong need for people interaction and I could have done anything I would still have been unhappy because I was not in touch with what really makes me happy. So that's, uh, yeah, that's basically. It's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking that so many of us are living like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then it's a tremendous opportunity to, to reach out and help. So yeah. Yeah. Look, thank you so much, Julia, uh, for your time. Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure. It really, really has. Today. Yeah, if you have, do you have a, a closing, you know, like just a parting words, one to leave us? Yeah, I mean, getting, you know, if anyone's curious about Grow Plus, uh, if you don't mind me suggesting this. Absolutely um, not. Go for it. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, my mantra is, you know, be brave and let's build something righteous, right? So, uh, get in touch with me and let's see if we can have a conversation about being brave and building something righteous. Oh, I love that. Being brave and bu building something. Be brave, build something righteous. Yeah. Yes, awesome. Thank you so much, Deva, um, for your time and your willingness to share. I feel very honored that you even shared these experiences when you were a child. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And yes, and I thank think you, Julie. we need a part two. <laughs> thank yeah, you. We'll, everyone. we'll keep talking. Thank you, everyone, in, in, Julie, in Julie land, and uh, all the best for all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.